from American Awakening, this is Signs of Life. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to American Awakening. We're excited to be back here today. We are one short today. JK is uh, is off taking care of some important business, but we have Dan back from Nashville with some fantastic music coming on later today. To kick us off, JBJ. Rejoice! 
That's the way to start the show. Thank you so much, JBJ. With that, without further ado, again, guys, welcome to the show. Our theme for today is everyone needs a co-pilot. We'll chew on that a little bit. And uh, while you're chewing, let's go straight to the Daily Dose. Pastor Joel, what you got for us? All right. Hey, everybody. Great to be with you as always here on your Daily Dose. And today I want to talk about this theme of needing a co-pilot. And no, I don't mean the bumper sticker that says Jesus is my co-pilot. Um though I guess that's cool. Um, now, I want to talk about the idea that we are actually better together. And that phrase is something we've used a lot here at the American Awakening. We're, we've got a super exciting uh, concert coming up. We'll talk about that later that is using that kind of phrase, better together. But what does that actually mean? So I came across this quote recently from Thomas Merton. I'm rereading his spiritual autobiography, The Seven Story Mountain. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's super dense, written in the 40s, uh, but really cool book. And he says this, since no man ever can or could live by himself and for himself alone. The destinies of thousands of other people were bound to be affected, some remotely, but some very directly and near at hand by my own choices and decisions and desires, as my own life would also be formed and modified according to theirs. What really got me here was this phrase, since no man, and I'll add or woman, of course, ever can or could live by himself or herself or for himself or herself alone. I mean, that's a direct statement. That's a very clear, true statement that we have to grapple with. Can we actually live for ourselves? Can we live only for ourselves and for our own purposes? And I would say that our faith and kind of people of faith in general resoundingly answer that, no, you can't. We're made to be together. We're made to live together. And so Merton reminds us in this very clear way that we're connected, that we are created by a God who created us to be together, not to be alone, not to be about our own stuff and not to be about our own priorities. And I see at a deep root of a lot of the division and stuff going on in our country right now is ultimately, am I willing to lay down my stuff to see you improve, to see your life flourish, to see things move forward that maybe are not my first choice, but because I care as much about you as I do about myself, I'm going to lay those things down. So I want to remind us today that we're made to be together. And when we're tempted to go it alone, remember that is not the way, man. That will lead us to death and destruction and loneliness and division. But when we say, I'm going to stick together, I know that I'm created to be together, it truly is the way that we find not only ourselves most fully, but we discover God as we connect with one another. And that's your Daily Dose. Back to you, Marissa. Thank you for that, Pastor Joel. You know, I'll be the first to admit it. I was thinking about it today on the prayer call again when we were talking about this. Well, when we heard this sort of for the second time today, first, if you have signed up for the Daily Dose, you read it in your inbox probably first thing. Then on our prayer call that we do every day, we were talking about that. And now again, you know, I can uh, I can admit it. Marissa likes to keep herself to herself. <laughs> 
she does not like to do this whole life with other people thing. And that's even with people who don't, uh, who don't annoy me too much. But, you know, I thank you for this, Joel, because it's true. I mean, not only Corona, but just, I don't know, life in general. If you do love God, even if you're like me, you get to the point where you're like, God cares for people. God's about people. He's about life with other people. That's how we grow, improve, all sorts of things. And so if you really want that God kind of life, then you're probably going to do a people kind of life. I mean, anybody else here, are you, uh, does everybody else here just love being with people all the time? Or like, is anybody like me? Yeah. Well, I think there's also the other element of it is like, we tend to, especially those of us who do feel like the need for that introvert time, we feel like we think it's better, right? We think it's going to be better when we're all by ourselves, but we also feel like it's somehow like an attack on us to say, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be all about myself and doing what I want. But the, the I think where the breakthrough comes and where it's come for me is when I realize that when I do that, the really good stuff, like the best of the best stuff is always on the other side of that togetherness. I mean, it, it takes a big jump sometimes to say like, I'm going to lay my stuff down. But on the other side of that is, uh, is man, it's good. There's nothing better than that. I'm telling you, friends. Yeah, have fun too when you're in a marriage where you're opposite, you know, where it's like my ideal, Alyssa, when, especially with like crisis, right? When like something's happening really, really bad or something, Alyssa just needs to be with someone else or she feels like she's just going to spiral. And I'm the opposite. Like any type of crisis, I'm like, I need to not be talked to or seen for like two days because I don't, I, you know, like I just go in an absolute hole. Um, and I think both of those are not ideal. Let's just be honest. Um, but I think that's what gets it. There, there's something there too. Where I even think with the whole introvert extrovert thing, I think none of those things. And even the way people, I love the Enneagram, but I also think like chill, <laughs> right. Um, and I think the way that people get into all that stuff is like it, the minute it becomes an excuse for you to be one dimensional and not know how to love someone as a, like a command, mm. that's where I think it's problematic. And that's where I think this tension is with even the introvert extrovert thing of like, man, does, even if I want to not be around someone this moment might be calling me to be with that person, right? At the sacrifice of myself or whatever. And I just think, yeah, that that helps, mm-hmm. I think, me, makes it more complex, more dynamic, more spirit-filled, I think. That's really good, Jeff. I think the idea of conflicting needs is really interesting. Like, conflicting needs not only internally, of like, I have to have that time by myself. A friend of mine described quarantine as her, like, ideal, because it's like this slower rhythm, you're completely isolated, you aren't required to go to anything social. So she was, like, relishing and that's exactly why it's people's nightmares, too. Right, exactly. Uh, and even, even if you are my friend who thinks quarantine is, like, the best thing that's ever happened, you still have that need for people, and, and that can often feel like it conflicts with your need for a alone time and vice versa. Like the extroverts feel like their need for alone time conflicts with their like craving for interaction. And then we have conflicts within each other. Like, like Marissa's need could conflict with what I need. And one of us has to be willing to serve the other person. And I I think all of that, like you said, Jeff, it makes it so much more complex. Like it's just not as simple, like love each other and it'll be fine. But I think it makes it, that's where fruit comes and it makes it really worthwhile. That's good. That's good. And I think hopefully, Jeff, this leads right into the something to chew on. <laughs> I mean, is this, we'll see. Is this, I'll uh, let you be the jury on that <laughs> one. Uh, I, I'm not seeing it yet, but maybe the spirit will lead about 30 seconds in. No, I, I am joking. I think it is connected at some level once you take some of this stuff to the 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 internet, I guess. And I do see a tangent at some level. But basically, I, I mentioned this, I think, last week, but I want to just tease it out. I, I mentioned just in brief conversation when we were um, conversing. And I want to just tease it out in a more distilled thought and more kind of uh, pointed And that's this fact that, you know, the more I'm sitting on this moment, the more I'm completely realizing 
a lot of us are suffering an absolute overload of information. Now, I don't mean the overload of information that was already constant in the last like decade, you know, smartphone era, social media era. There's something now with like information, misinformation, you know, all the types. It's like we're all trying to stay informed, but it is very difficult right now. And we're getting a lot of different ideas thrown at us. And there's a lot of different ways and really, first of all, I think you do need to have an ethic of what you take in, right? That's what I want you to chew on is like, do you have an ethic for like what you actually engage with, how you read, what your sources are, et cetera, that is robust, that is just, but the main thing, and this is something I wanted to chew on to you, uh, you to chew on, can you look at the information you're engaging with or consuming in this moment, in this era, and ask yourself a very simple question. Does this information, does this source, does this person, does this platform make me more loving or more cynical? Those are pretty much the two options, right? And I think a lot of information in this this season right now is making people more cynical, more bitter, more radicalized, right? And just, you know, I can't put an authoritative claim on non-Christians, but I think the Christian claim is obvious that that's like not obedient to Jesus, right? That that is not the way in the, of, of Jesus and that the spirit does not want to take you into that place. And that's actually opposite. So you're actually, I think when you engage with a lot of this stuff, you are turning your back on Jesus and not going towards him if it's making you more cynical, bitter, hardened, and radicalized because that's not the way of Jesus. So that's something to chew on for today is how does the information, ask yourself that question, how does the information I'm engaging with, what kind of person is it making me? Well, what do I kind of feel like after I read it, right? And you can get into whether it's the conspiracy theorist stuff or whatever, but I'll just say a very, you know, anecdotal subjective stuff. A lot of the terrible elementary level information that's coming out today and the conspiracy level things, like, I don't know one person that's reading that and then all of a sudden coming away and I'm just, they're just glowing full of the Holy Spirit. Can I just say that? Too late, I did. But it's like, I don't, I don't know anyone who talks or posts those links where I'm like, wow, they are just leaking the spirit of Jesus (laughs) and I am so blessed. Um... And so we got to think about that, you know? And so that's, I could keep ranting, but I'm like, you know what? I think that's something to chew on. But it's true though. And I think it's, a, if we're not asking that question, then what happens is you're then being formed into the image of something you don't even realize you're being formed into unless you go a little higher and ask yourself, what is this doing to me? So that's something to chew on for today. No, that's perfect. That's really good. Uh, one, because it's important all on its own. And two, because I actually think it does relate to the people yeah. thing. <laughs> because, you know, it it's not just those conspiracy theorists who you don't really sense the whole like, totally. you know, flowing with the joy and peace of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, again, whomever... Whomever you are choosing to spend time with during this quarantine time, during this corona time, during this time when everybody's mostly kind of trying to be more careful still, you know, you shouldn't leave those people and be sort of like dripping with something that's like, oh gosh, yeah. like that ain't, ain't no life there, ain't no exactly. peace there, ain't no joy there, ain't no love there. Like, you know, I think we are really heavily impacted by the people that we're yeah. around. And so it's important that we, uh, it's important that we be around people because we need them, but it's also important that we be discerning about those kinds of folks. Pastor Joel, you got some sort of scripture on that for us or something? Yeah. Well, what comes to mind is uh, all the letters of Paul and Paul's whole life. So if you read the New Testament, most of those, for anybody who doesn't know, those are letters, mostly letters and most of them more than not from Paul, the apostle, as he's like traveling all around, trying to get the church all stirred up in good ways. And there's definitely times when he says like, nope, that person, that person is not bringing the life. That person, you know, don't listen to, don't listen to those people. They're stirring up dissension and 
they're stirring up controversies and all these meaningless words and all that's doing is leading to death. If you're like a Bible Jesus person, there's plenty of words from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation talking about get yourself around the people that bring life and the people that bring death, you know, you love them and there's ways to interact with people who bring you death, but there's other ways that you just say, you know, nope, not, not going there. Or going with a very missional like kind of idea, not just like, I'm just not going to be impacted by them, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, it isn't just the other, right? Like, let's be honest, people of God, we can all be the folks who are like bringing the room totally. down mm-hmm. and bringing changing the pH and not in a good way. Maybe I might've been talking about the people of the church. Yeah. yeah. Well, it could be both. I mean, I think the, but I think you're right, Joe. I like that analogy of like the people that are kind of, there is a death, right? That's like a destruction, a decay. But I also think we're called to be around those people, love those people, be a light to those people. It's too easy to just remove. But the best analogy I heard a long time ago is, I don't know if in seminary or whatever, but a professor or mentor just said like, you know, when you're around a fire or something and you leave and you know you smell like smoke, he's like, what do you do? You change your clothes, right? And he's kind of just saying that same thing. Like you need to be in those contexts, but you do have to have an exiting ritual to kind of just be like, and that is off of me now, you know? Um, and I think that's really helpful. Absolutely. That's good. That's good. You know, I love this show because there's always so much for us to talk about, but that usually means that we like run out of time for some key things. So I got to go. Calvin, into our headlines. Can you give us a sort of truncated version today? So I'll just give you a couple headlines of what is going on out there. A COVID-19 vaccine developed by the federal government and Moderna Inc. appears to be safe and to trigger an immune system uh, response. Uh, according to data released Tuesday from an early phase trial. Whether that immune response is enough to protect someone from the coronavirus that causes COVID-19 remains unclear, according to several experts who reviewed the results. Uh, Moderna's chief medical officer, Dr. Tal Zach, said although the protective effect of their vaccine can't technically be known yet, all indications are that mRNA-1273 will be both safe and effective. The experimental vaccine is being created at lightning speed right now, and the clinical trial was led by Dr. Anthony Fauci's Vaccine Research Center at the National Institutes of Health. And also, the White House changed course on Tuesday and abandoned a plan to strip international college students of their visas if they did not attend at least some classes in person. The policy, which would have subjected foreign students to deportation if they did not show up for class on campus, had thrown the higher education world into turmoil at a time when universities are grappling with whether to reopen campuses during the coronavirus pandemic. The loss of international students could have cost universities millions of dollars in tuition and jeopardized the ability of U.S. companies to hire the highly skilled workers who often start their careers with an American education. And there it is, just a couple stories today of what's going on out there. Now over to Joy Beth, who I hope I did not cut into your time too much. Well, it's okay. I'll just take the musician's time. So we'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Everyone just take whoever's next. That's right. And I also feel like today's episode was made for me because it's called looking for a co-pilot or whatever it is, which, hello, (laughs) that's my life. (laughs) Oh my God. So I feel feel blessed, Marissa, that you thought of me and shaped the show around me this week. Gold. Uh, The first question that we asked this week to our audience, uh, which obviously ties right in because Marissa is a genius, is which of the following is most threatening to your peace right now and why? 
And do the folks around you seem just as concerned about the same thing? So the options that they could choose from on Twitter, it's a little limiting. You can only put four options and there are obviously lots of stressors right now. Uh, But what we chose to ask people about were returning to school, presidential election, work and financial strain or other. And by far, the winner was the presidential election that people are most stressed about that at 40%. 24% are stressed about returning to school. The most work and financial strain is 20%. And then 14% for other really broke out to um, race concerns and then COVID health-related concerns, which in hindsight, I'm kind of like, I wonder how many more people would have chosen COVID. But we had some interesting feedback. So Sarah Walker says, I'm stressing about the unemployment subsidy ending at the end of the month because all those unemployment benefits that were added with the first bill, they're up Mm -hmm. at the end of July. So not only will that affect me personally, I fear that a nation of desperate people are going to start taking desperate actions. I feel like the school conversation is covering up for the lack of money. Ashley Hales writes that returning to school is the most pressing and personal with no good answers, but it's the larger financial strain that my husband, who's church planting, where I feel the most unsure Add the rising COVID cases, racism, and the lack of federal leadership, and I'm concerned about the rest of 2020. And then Laura wrote in, and she kind of echoes what I feel on a daily basis, which is, I've never been in such a daily bread mindset before in my life. I have to keep fighting off the worries and just asking for daily bread, daily bread, daily bread. It's exhausting trying not to solve the future, which kind of leads us to our question for the panel, which is, what are some of the best ways that we can share our burdens with each other? so that we can carry them together and not grow weary, especially when there are so many things to be concerned about. We just kind of need some help carrying them. But how do we share that? And how do we love each other well in that? I'll just start off by saying, that's surprising to me, the, the, uh, the percentage responses, maybe not to anybody else, but, you know, especially because those answers were not about the presidential election, really. Um, It's interesting that, you know, almost half of everybody is like most stressed out by the election when so many people have lost their jobs. Uh, The school thing is like, "Ah!" you know, it's all over the place depending on where you are. But that's interesting. I mean, are you guys sort of getting the same vibe wherever you are around the country that um, despite all the sort of larger immediate things, the presidential election is what's stressing out a lot of believers? I would say no. But yeah, but I live here, Joel. I'll take it as the political guy. Uh, for those who don't know, I spent uh, you know, the first 15 years of my career in politics and stepped back for the last year for probably a lot of the reasons why people are so anxious about it, right? Here's what I think. I've just been rereading Malcolm Gladwell's Tipping Point, and I think there's this sense of like when a whole bunch of other environmentals are happening, and then you add something on that feels like just too much. And so I think the people that I talk to, and I think, of course, it depends on who you talk to and where you're, you know, where you're interacting. Some people are way more plugged into politics, but there's a sense in which I hear from my friends. I just don't think I can take this, you know, like among all the other things that you described. And now I got to listen to these two old men yell at each other every day. Really? And so there's, to me, that's the sense, not that it's like the biggest worry, but that there's a sense of, man, I just don't want to deal with this. Yeah. Well, I think this gets into so many layers too uh, that I think Joy Beth brought up of like, you know, one huge problem is we're all getting our our information from algorithm-based sources. So we all are living different realities. Like we are all living like it's not – we don't just have one newspaper per city type of thing now. You know what I mean? We all have our own individualized newspaper times a thousand, a million, you know, 250 million. So that's problematic because I think then whatever – then you kind of get into this really narrow focused reality that some people aren't. One obvious example living out here in Hawaii is – you know, yeah, I don't think the presidential, because we're so removed, we're so far away, we're kind of our own little isolated culture. Well, of course, being in the US and politics and government and stuff, 
that plus the fact that we are have been ranked up with Midland, Texas as one of the top two places that have been most drastically percentage-wise affected in our economy and unemployment um, because you, no one can come here and like 40% of the jobs here are based on people coming here. So like that's what people care about right now. So people really care about COVID here, you know, and I haven't heard anything about the presidential election for ever, you know, around the, that's just, you know, people are out surfing or something or doing their thing. So they, there's strange, there's just like, yeah, it, where you're at is your reality. Um, but I also think the internet makes that a little more complex. So we just, I think, yeah, but I think as Christians, we have to go one layer above that. And I kind of like to look at it again with the missionary context of like, man, I, I do need, and of course only to a certain threshold before going crazy, need to be engaging with some of these conspiracy theories, some of this other stuff over here, the election, or else I will have no point of reference or contact context to talk to some people, you know? And so I think that is a helpful trait to kind of be leaning into it as much as you can take, you know? I want to respond to the uh, the question, Joy Beth, which is like, what can we do to share the burdens? I think number one thing, we can model it, right? We have to share our own burdens. We have to be, you know, to use all the buzzwords, but they're actually real, transparent, authentic, real. Like we got to say, hey, I'm not doing well today. Hey, I'm facing this or that. I mean, we had a, my wife and I had a close friend recently who attempted suicide and it was just devastating that typically people around you, they want to help despite all the things we just said about like, you know, the selfishness, we actually do love each other. There's a sense in which it's built into us. And so we got to share our stuff, guys. We got to say like, hey, I am not well today. I am really struggling with this. That's so good because again, right, part of the reason why you might feel like your burdens are too much to bear is because you're sort of the way I normally am. <laughs> I guess unless I'm leaning into the Jesus thing. I'm in my cave. I'm I'm fine. I do my work more efficiently than I, than I will if I'm working with other people. You know, there's all the stuff that you tell yourself so that you're, you know, doing your thing your way. But this idea of like this Jesus way of living, this going beyond yourself, this like knowing that everybody needs a co-pilot, not just you when you're down, but that other people when you're up probably need a little bit of the Jesus that you're carrying, that whole like actually making a point to reach out to others. You know, it's like if if your life is not your own and you're a Jesus person and you're asking him to use you, well, then you got to like let him use you in the lives of other people. Um, and I think that's something, you know, again, that's I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Um, choir of, of one, you know, but I think that's I think that's real. How do how do we share our burdens? We We do it. We like get outside of ourselves. Calvin, I'm going to ask you because like you and me, okay, for those of you who don't know, Calvin and I share the same office and we have for like two years and not like I'm in one corner, he's in the other corner. Dude and I are like facing one another. So we have these conversations all the time about like doing life and like, you know, how I kind of hate being around people and how he kind of is, you know, struggling with whatever. I mean, Calvin, what have you gleaned even just from our short time working together in the small team, not just you and I, but the small team of American Awakening, this like sharing burdens? What's it been like for you? I think two things. One has been, I think there's something you've challenged me with a lot in the past two years is I don't know if I've actually been honest enough with myself a lot of time to even share those burdens. I think we currently live in a, in a time where, yeah, strength, security is found in us being okay, our comfort, right? And I think because of that, it's, it's indicating the way we escape to so many other places where we can actually create our identity 
reality. But I don't know if many of us are willing to even own the fact of how broken we might be right now and how lonely or hurting we might be. And again, I found that that makes it even hard. That makes it very difficult even to bring that to God. Like, I don't even know how honest I can be with God if I can't even say it out loud to myself and own that part. And so like, let alone even bringing it to someone else. I think there's a part of that, which may be an important step that the, the space and the freedom to own just how broken you are because you are so loved already. And if you're willing to accept the fact that you are so known already, even with all the, the ish and the baggage, that uh, maybe it could free you up enough to be open first with yourself and then with others. And then, yeah, I think the co-pilot thing, honestly, and Joy, I bet you can speak into this because I feel like there's a lot of relationship wisdom in this, but like, can you choose to be someone's co-pilot even if they will not choose you to be theirs? I think we currently sit in a moment where that applies in a lot of different ways, even to like group dynamics in this country. But can you sit in that co-pilot seat? Can you sit in that seat of support and love and, and kind of empowering and equipping for another, um, even actually when they won't choose you? Because I, I know for a fact that there have been a lot of points where I think Marissa has chosen to co-pilot me to sit in that seat and push me up. And a lot during those times, honestly, like, I don't know if I was thinking about her in the same way. I was probably so wrapped up in my stuff that I was honestly receiving a lot more than I was reciprocating or giving back. So, yeah, I think I think co-pilot that might be that might be a call or an assignment that like you have to take on regardless of the other person, the, the person in the cockpit with you chooses the same thing. You know, that, that reminds me of a story. I used to fly with a guy and he was a pilot and I was not. And uh, the first time, very first time we went up, Calvin, he said, you want to learn how to be a pilot? And I said, no. And he said, well, you better because if I die, you got to land this thing. And, uh, you know, there's a sense in which like, yeah, man, we got to be each other's co-pilot because somebody's about, you know, they pass out at the wheel. Who's going to carry them? There's a lot of good there. I love, Calvin, that you brought up this whole, like, just straight honesty, right? A lot of times we do. We want people to carry our burdens because we feel overwhelmed. But, like, are you really being honest with yourself and with God about sort of where you are and about how maybe not being as honest might be contributing, again, to this weight that you are maybe needlessly carrying? That's good. Steps to back up. Well, this has been really good. This has been really honest. Shout out to you, Calvin, talking your truth. I love that. We are, again, this week, we're dealing with this whole sharing your burdens thing. That is actually chapter six of the AA book that we're going to be talking about. Definitely come back for that. All this month, we've been talking through the American Awakening book, all the different chapters uh, for the book that we have dropping July 28th. Y'all get this book. It's not just like a frou-frou, like, ha-ha book. This is a book for this moment. It speaks into our time. It's giving some key principles. Pre-order now. You can get it anywhere where there are great books. And uh, this book really does have some key principles that we believe are going to help transform your life, the life of, uh, of our country. It's not just about us individually, but also collectively. And how do we get out of, of where we are now? What's our playbook for coming into something new? That's what we think uh, that book has. So again, guys, thank you for this conversation. Joy Beth, you're, you're forever bringing the good, good with relationships. I love it. And I can't wait till next week. 
With that, I think it's time for the movie line of the day. Jeff. It is time. What was so – I don't – I'm trying to remember when I saw this if I uh, had even seen this movie, but I'll see a clip of it here here in a second. But what is it? Up in Air? Is that the movie, right? But I read the line though and the line was fire. So I'm excited for everyone else to see it as well. So you, you're – I mean your library and category of like seeing movies, I think I've seen a lot of movies. But man, you pull from just everywhere and they dominate. So yeah, without further ado, an awesome line from Up in the Air, Up in Air, one of those two. <laughs> up in the Air, yeah. <laughs> kind of lonely, huh? Yeah, it's pretty lonely. Life's better with company. Everybody needs a co-pilot. That was a nice touch. Thanks. Perfect for the theme. Was that planned though? Was the co-pilot thing planned? That was too perfect. Well, it was. It, it, it was a little. It was a little planned. But you know, you can't. You know, what every day something new. You got to face the day's challenges as they come. But yeah, are you all lonely out there? If you are. Yo, what does the word say? People who want friends, be friendly. Get outside of your cave, Marissa. Go talk to some other folks. And again, I think God has provided uh, folks in your life, wherever you are, even right now, that can help you so you don't feel so overwhelmed, uh, that can help remind you of how much God loves you and, uh, and has for you. So again, stick with us, guys. I'm excited that Dan's back right now. Dan the man. Okay. It is so good to be back. Uh, such a long wait to, uh, to get here with you guys. Joy, I didn't take it personally uh, that you didn't want us to get to the music right away. It's okay. Um, I understand you guys. I always love the conversations. I'm always reminded again of the great uh, Jester from Top Gun who said, Maverick, never leave your wingman. There you go. A wingman is not necessarily a co-pilot, but in some situations it could be. So anyway, I am uh, I'm really excited today. It's great to be back. Uh, we're in Nashville. Uh, you know, we had we actually had some really rough news that came in uh, about Franklin, Tennessee, which is a small town. That's actually where I live is in Franklin. And, you know, we're, we're still dealing with uh, this great cultural moment that we're in uh, this inflection point. But they voted in Franklin. They deeded some land to that's the center of the town that has a Confederate statue. They deeded it to um, the Daughters of the Confederacy. And so our little small town of Franklin is is proving to be on the wrong side, I would say, of that conversation. So we're coming to you today just a little bit. You know, we're a little angry. We're a little bit um, trying to figure out how do we move forward with this. In light of all that, we also have some great music. So uh, today I, I'm going to introduce you guys to a group called Magi. The Magi, and they—they're um, uh, really kind of one of the guys I've gotten to know over the years. Uh, I first met uh, DJ DJ Lee. He was part of a group called Scratch Track um, that was doing back in the day. They were doing all of this like great stuff. Jars. We were touring on the road. We were doing a lot of this acoustic stuff with sample loops and harmonies. And these guys were kind of coming at it also with acoustic guitars and harmonies and beatboxing and organic rhythms. And it was sort of like this great match. And so we did some gigs together and uh, got to hang out. Over the years, I've come to know DJ as just an incredibly thoughtful guy um, who really like he's super innovative musically and he's you know part of this great new new group called the magi and so it, it's just been a, a great privilege to be able to invite them to be on the show with us today so um how's it going guys this is damien kenny and dj 
Howdy, howdy. Hello. So, uh, so, Dan. Hey, it's good to see you guys. I'm glad you're on with us today. Thanks for being here. You're coming to us from, from a part of Nashville, correct? Yes, part of Nashville. I'm in Damien Horn's apartment here. It's TV studio slash apartment. Right. Brilliant. I love what you've done with the place. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so are you guys, um, obviously, you know, the one question that I that I usually start with with uh, with most of the acts that I have is just we're we're in such an interesting point of culture, this this kind of crazy culture moment we're in. How has it been affecting you guys on a creative level? Like ha- has has it brought you guys closer together? Obviously, quarantining, you guys are you're still able to hang out together and make some music. So um has it been like, has it been a good season or a difficult season? It was challenging initially. Oh, by the way, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, because we had a lot of cool stuff that was on the docket for this spring and for this summer. And we were like, oh, this is going to be a great coming out party. This is going to be tight. We're going to do this and it's going to lead this and this and the other. And all of a sudden, the world said, no. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. But it's cool. It's cool, though, because, uh, you know, the way I approach it, you know, my career has been such that, like, oh, there's one more obstacle. Okay, Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, where, where's this going? You know, so yeah. I kind of just approached it like that. And I think, uh, you know, we each had our own personal challenges, you know, and and how this thing has held us back from the things that we had in mind. But I, it's not held us back from um, our dream and our vision because. Uh, at the same time, we, we we joined this partnership with this um, this company called Systemic, and they were wanting to you know push our music and went into the lab and got got some tracks moving, and so we were able to release our first single called Try, and uh, I shot a video for us. And the cool thing is, all this was coming on the heels of what was happening right here in Nashville. We had the tornado, yeah, and then right after that, you had the COVID, and so. Um, when we went to shoot our video, uh, I thought it would be cool to capture, you know, Nashville's current state. Uh, our song is about, you know, seeking to be better, you know, looking at your life, looking at your circumstances and being like, you know what? I'm not going to give up. You know, I- I've made a lot of mistakes and every person under the sound of my voice has done that. You know, we all have done that. And so it takes a concerted effort uh, within ourselves uh, to decide, you know what, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I've done, I'm going to try and I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying until it's over. And that's the way we approach the song. And as we saw what was happening in Nashville and how the people were having to recover, you know, and the city's done a good bit of recovering over the last several years mm. uh, to see it once again, it, it felt like that same call of the human spirit, you know, to recover. And so uh, we wanted to go out and capture that that visual in the neighborhood right behind DJ's house where it's just still just destroyed. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so um, that's how it's kind of affected us creatively is we've been able to tell this story that we're all in of trying to be better and link it to the community that we're involved in. Sure. And that's great. I, you know, I, I got to spend some time out in uh, in a lot of the parts of Nashville that were really affected by the tornadoes. And it was both very disheartening, but also incredibly um, inspiring just to see how many people came out, you know, and, and you know, it's funny, DJ and I had had a conversation about, you know, there's some people like to help so they can be seen helping. 
you know, and so we get that there's some of that going on, but, but then there are the people, but, you know, if I were to look at it on a percentage basis, there's a lot of people out there that really were just like, you know what, it's time to roll up our sleeves. We are not going to just sit in this mess. We're going to clean it up. We're going to get things back on track and we're going to make a better community than we had before. And I, I do love that. I'm glad you guys were able to capture a lot of that in the, I got to watch the video. It's, it's actually really great. Are you guys up? You want to play that one for us? Yeah, or do you got something else in mind? No, we're, we're going to try our hit single. All right, <laughs> brilliant, great. Let's hear it. Climbing the ch the digital charts. You know, uh, this is the original song by the Magic called Try. Sounds good. 
so I, you know, I, I, I have a lot of questions for you guys. You guys are, I mean, you're kind of just on the front end of this whole endeavor uh, as, as this uh, configuration. What, uh, what's kind of on in store for you guys? And then also, you know, I, what I want to get into is just a little bit of like, how, how are you feeling? How is the current kind of cultural moment? Like, what are you seeing and, and where are you kind of seeing Good things, bad things, like yeah. Just I'm kind of curious to get your read on things. I'll answer okay. the, the second half. I'll take it. Well, actually, I'll, just, I'll answer. But no. Um, so basically, as far as the band goes, uh, we just released our first single, and we have um, two more singles coming out through the rest of this year, probably in August and like October kind of time frame. They all kind of started with this kind of configurement. Um, maybe boxing, guitar, bass, and we wrote a song together. And we were thinking this kind of works. We should we should start a band and. Three of us all do solo entities. I do a lot of management, producing, tour management, songwriting. Damien's a solo artist, speaks all over the world. Kenny's an amazing engineer, producer, songwriter. And um, so our brotherhood and our friendship kind of is what built this thing on the Magi. It was kind of like just us getting together talking in a real honest kind of um, expression. And so that obviously bleeds into, you know, the social climate that's going on in the world today, um, which, you know, doesn't necessarily affect us any differently than it did before the things that have been going on in the media. But, um, you know, we've talked about it and we, you know, collectively and how it feels individually. And we have a, get a lot of phone calls from friends of ours asking what can they do to help. And that was kind of how the tornado was too. And then you see kind of the world burning with the, the social unrest, you kind of get that as well. But, you know, we're, all about just wanting to be about love and being excellent to each other. And that's kind of like our creed in general is doing something as a band that's positive and inspiring. And that's kind of why we've created this thing called the Magi. And, uh, and we also think we're really wise. The hip hop element of what we do is the, is the name, the Magi. No, um, but for real though, um, there's a lot of, you know, tension in the world. I think we're all just kind of emotionally, pretty tense um but the three of us try to in our own lives are three probably the most laid-back chill dudes just in general you know and so um collectively we're trying to kind of put that out into the world and 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 that so i'm a little bit more intense <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I really sure. <laughs> but honestly like you know just kind of piggyback a little bit on what dj said it's just like you know i i personally and i know i feel like we do as a collective like we see a lot of good that's going on in the world. I know a lot of times, you know, you can you can look on the television or on watch your phone. yeah on your phone, social media, and see a lot of negative. But like literally, like when we walk around, we speak to people, we engage with people. Man, that's a lot of good conversation going on. A lot of positive things happening, and I feel like unfortunately a lot of times that doesn't get highlighted because that doesn't necessarily push numbers in places that numbers want to be pushed. But uh, for the most part, man, I see beautiful things. I feel, I see people having conversations that they they've never had before. I, I see people being open minded about situations and learning new things, you know, and thinking outside themselves and others. So I think I feel a lot of good things happening. Yeah, we. I mean, I moved to Nashville two years ago. We live actually in Murfreesboro, and we're just we're in a new community. It's you know, sort of almost in the country in a sense, and like uh, we've all built these homes in this neighborhood and it's like all these white people, all these black people, you know, Burmese people, Indian people, Asian people, people. I don't even know where they're from, who they are yet, but it's like all these different types of people. And we just to like 
hanging out, you know, people walking their dogs, you know, jogging, <laughs> you know, like wondering when the pool's going to open, that right. kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. I do. I do live in the pool. I'm like, you got to No, we don't have a pool. Get that on the agenda. Yeah. We want a pool. We're, we're yeah. gonna start digging in Murfreesboro. Yeah. <laughs> why, why are we in my apartment? Right? <laughs> we're in East Nashville or But I'm just saying, you know, like, like he said, you know, there's just so much harmony happening, but you can't make that a headline. You know, people are right. like, I guess I don't know. Uh, but but if, if 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 you get to the real of it, what people are really living, there's just so much good, so much communal, you know peace happening in so many places in the world. Well, I can speak for America. I can't speak for the world, but I can speak. Well, at least Murfreesboro. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I've been around the, I mean, I've been around the country, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, y'all did it, right? You know, y'all, sure. y'all tour, travel all over this place. For sure, for sure. Way more than I have. And so, like, you've seen just people doing life. And I just, you know, for yeah. our heart, our heart is to just, you know, Jesus said this thing. He said, for whoever's got ears to hear, let them hear. Absolutely. And that's yeah. kind of our approach with the thing. We just want to like be an encouragement and we want to accentuate the things that help people come up. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and so uh, we're all about that. And not that we're afraid to like be vulnerable or to talk about the really hard things, but it's like the reality is we're living life and everybody's got their own struggle. Yeah. And we want to be, we want to be a unifying Positive. force. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's uh, you know, it's interesting. A guy, um, there's a an organization out there that deals a lot in kind of human trafficking and and stuff like that. And the director of that organization, we asked him once because it's it's hard work to be in that space all the time where people are not being treated yeah. equitably or even as human. And and I said, yeah, how do you communicate this to people? And he said, you know what, the rule of thumb really is, you talk about the problem for roughly twenty percent of the time. But then you really have to focus on 80 percent hope. Mm, and, yeah. and that is giving people the imagination to see the world as it should be or as it could be. And I think what you're describing feels a lot in line with that same thing. It's just we do we get a lot of the 20 percent of the problems we have. And maybe one of the reasons we're we're sort of all wrestling maybe more than we need to in some areas is that 80 percent hope that imagination for what could be uh, hasn't been as well presented. And I'm glad you guys are out there doing that. So thank you for that. Um, you guys, uh, you guys up for playing one more song for us? Yes, yeah, sure. absolutely. Thank you so much for having us, Dan. All right. This one's called uh, this is our one of, the, one of our singles uh, this later this year called All I Want Is You. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Magi. Thank you so much. That was really beautiful. Again, all I want is you. Again, everybody out there, remember, you need a co-pilot. And uh, if you really want, if you really want one, God has always wanted to be your co-pilot. We want to remind you again with this show, every day that we're on with you, God loves you. God's with you. God's for you. There's more for you, even in this moment, regardless of how, uh, how difficult the times may seem. There's more. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Signs of Life is produced by American Awakening, a campaign for the soul of America committed to slaying the giant of death and despair in this American moment. Signs of Life is made up of Jefferson Bethke, Dan Hazeltine, Josh Jacob, John Kingston, Joel Searby, Calvin Lee, Christian Palacios, Marina Pappas, Andy Peterson, and me, Marissa Prince. The show is produced from our headquarters in Lexington, Massachusetts, and you can learn a whole lot more about the movement by visiting our website, AmericanAwakening.us. Relevant Podcast Network.